I want to read um, some passages on the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm bringing to you the idea of the Holy Spirit being your helper. So I'm going to read a passage. You don't need to put these up necessarily. You won't probably have them prepared because I didn't give them to you uh, on the screen. But I'm going to read two passages from um, uh, the MEV version. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to read the same passages from the Message Bible. So, John 14, verse 15. And I'm going to use the word helper instead of counsellor. If you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, for it does not see him, neither does it know him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you fatherless. I will come to you. And then uh, John, a couple of chapters on, John 16, verse um, halfway through 4. I did not tell you these things at the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. Where are you going? Rather, sorrow has filled your heart because I have told you these things. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's better for you that I go away. For if I don't go away, the counselor or the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I'm going to my father <coughs> and you will see me no more, and of judgment because the rule of the world stands condemned. I have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak on his own authority, but he'll speak whatever he hears. And he will tell you things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will receive from me and will declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now, I'm going to read these passages in the message version, uh, which is a very sort of modern, up-to-date version. And actually, this Bible is Gypsy, William Gypsy Lee's. He gave it to me. Remember William Gypsy Lee? Uh, if you don't remember him, uh, he was with us for two years. We had nightly meetings every night but Monday. And uh, it was a great move of the Spirit. Many 5,000 people from all the way around the world uh, who visited us gave their lives to Jesus and uh, during that two years, and we had some wonderful moves of healings. Right on the platform, people were coming up sick, blind eyes were open, deaf ears were opened right there and then. Uh, if you're interested in it, just go on uh, YouTube and, and uh, search for uh, William, Gips uh, yeah, William Gypsy Lee, and uh, you, you'll find clips of some of those miracles there. And uh, in those days, I hadn't had the miracle yet of hiding of gray hair. So you see these flecked things, but miracles come in bottles too. All right. So this, this, the spirit of truth. All right. So the first section from verse 14. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. I will talk to the Father and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him, 
doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he's been staying with you and will even be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming back in just a little while. The world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you're about to come alive. And then the passage in 16. So let me say it again. This truth is better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. When he comes, he'll expose the error of the godless world's view of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He'll show them that their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin. That righteousness comes from above where I am with the Father, out of their sight and control. And judgment takes place as the ruler of the godless world is brought to trial and convicted. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense about, out of what's about to happen, and indeed out of all that I have done and said. He will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the Father has is also mine. That is why I have said he takes from me and delivers to you. This is a description of the person of the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about, I will send another to you, the word is advocate. Actually, the Greek word is paraclete. That's, that's the helper or the, um, the advocate in some versions or the friend here in the message ver version or the counselor. It's paraclete, which means called alongside. So the Holy Spirit has been sent to come alongside you to help you. He's your helper. He's your comforter. He is your advocate because paraclete is, has also been used as a legal word. You can use paraclete for somebody that defends you in a court case. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to defend yourself, but you hire a, uh, a lawyer and that lawyer defends you, speaks up on your behalf. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He is your greatest friend, whether you know it or not. He is your greatest helper. He is your greatest counselor. He is your greatest comforter. And he is here to serve you with Jesus. You know, it's interesting that uh, in the Quaker revival... Uh, that took place uh, in the 1600s. Uh, Fox was the name of the man who, who, who led that. And uh, one of the things that he used to look for, because it was during the Civil War and everything was bad and people were killing one another and religion was cold. But Fox, what he would do is he would wander up and down the villages and he would look for people that he said had soft hearts or warm hearts. In other words, he would look to see where people had been affected and touched by the work of the Holy Spirit in their hearts. And he could identify them. And after a while, many of them got together. It was, it was going to be called, the, they were called the Quakers. Uh, people uh, called them Quakers because they shuck under the power of God. But, all, but what, but what um, 
what George Fox did is that they begin to call one another friends, friends. And so the Quaker's proper title is the Society of Friends. And the reasons that they were friends and so soft-hearted with one another was because they had the friend, the Holy Spirit. As you get to know your friend, the Holy Spirit, and I get to know my friend, the Holy Spirit, who's one and the same, then God will bring friendship amongst us, fellowship amongst us. The Holy Spirit brings fellowship. Remember, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So if you feel lonely and the Holy Spirit wants to spend time with you, to fellowship with you. I was speaking earlier about wanting to be with Jesus, you know, his presence, just wanting to be around him. And that picture that I have in my mind that sometimes I go to of just sitting around the campfire with him, just to be with him, a little picture, a little, a little mental uh, aid for me to get into that, that place of nearness. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to be near you. The Holy Spirit wants to draw near to you and be around you. Now, this is amazing because Jesus said, look, I'm going to send you a friend. I'm going to send you a helper. And the disciples were distraught. Why? Because they'd been around Jesus for three years. I mean, everywhere he'd gone, they'd gone. They'd ate together, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They'd slept in the same areas, outside and inside. Uh, they prayed together. They'd ministered together. They'd, been, they'd seen miracles together. Oh, they'd been so, through so many experiences together for that three years, you know. They'd laughed together. They'd cried together. They'd argued together, all of these sorts of things. And now Jesus says, I'm going away. And they can't think of anything that's worse. I mean, if you'd been around Jesus for three years, you wouldn't want him to go away. If you'd been in his inner circle, if you'd been round the campfire with him on a daily basis, not just imagining it like me, if you'd seen his works, watched his mercy, uh, studied his character, felt his presence being around him, and he said he was going away, now you'd be sad about that. You don't want him to go away. He's the greatest thing that's ever happened. He's God incarnate. He, you know, you wouldn't want him to go away. But then Jesus says, it's better for you that I go away. Now, think about that. It's hard for us to understand. It is better that Jesus went away than stayed. And I'm not just saying it's better that he went away because only a few people get, could get around his physical body on earth. But it, it, was, it was better for those disciples that had been around him. You know, some people say, oh, well, yes, it was better that Jesus went and sent the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit could be all over the world. Well, that's true. And Jesus could only be in one place at one time when he was on the earth. Well, that's true. But he was speaking to his disciples that had been around him physically for three years. So the idea that he was going to send the Holy Spirit and they would, have a, they, it would, be, they would say, this is better. Having the Holy Spirit with us and in us and upon us is even better than being around Jesus. Think about that for a second. That the time was going to come when Peter, James, and John, and uh, all, the, uh, all the other disciples, that they were going to say, do you know, being around Jesus for those three years was absolutely amazing. But this is even better. This is even better. Because we have the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not a competition between the Holy Spirit and Jesus, because as we read, we find that the Holy Spirit 
brings Jesus to us. The Holy Spirit is uh, the executive member of the Godhead on earth today. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And the Father isn't down here in some sort of visible form that you can relate to. He again is our Father in heaven. But the Holy Spirit is the executive member of the Trinity. In other words, he is here. He is working on the earth. He is saving sinners. He is bringing healings. He is healing wounded hearts. He is supporting hard-pressed saints. He is befriending you. He is speaking to you. He is opening up the word of God so that you can understand it. He is giving you promises. He is strengthening you. He is distributing the gifts of the Holy Spirit as he desires and as we earnestly seek them. He, without the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have any of God at all on the earth. Think about that. Without the Holy Spirit, the Father would be in heaven, Jesus would be in heaven, but it wouldn't mean anything to us. We wouldn't understand it. We wouldn't know it. We'd have no fellowship. We'd have no guidance. He said he'll guide you into all truth. We'd have no fellowship. We'd have no friendship. No, as we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, he brings us into a clearer relationship with Jesus and he pours out the love of the Father. He is the spirit of adoption. That means that we have a relationship with our Father in heaven through the Holy Spirit. So when you feel the Father's love, it's the Holy Spirit that's bringing it to you. The Holy Spirit that was poured out to fill our hearts with the Father's love. So he is your greatest friend here on earth and he will bring you to Jesus and he will bring Jesus to you and he, he's not here to he's he is the most humble person on the face of the earth the Holy Spirit there is no person more humble than the Holy Spirit there is no person uh, who who is less self-seeking on the face of the earth, no person who is less self-seeking than the Holy Spirit. He's a, he's a lesson to all of us about, I mean, it's amazing how the Trinity works. That Jesus came and all he wanted to do was shine a light on the Father. He could have done whatever he wanted. He could have spoken on his own. He could have done any miracle he chose. He's the Son of God. But instead he said, I don't do anything unless I see my father do it because that's what I'm here for. I don't say anything unless I see hear my father do it. My works are my father's work. A total dependence because he wanted people to look at him and, and be able to say, when you see me, you see the father. Because everything I'm bringing to you is the father. So when you see Jesus, you see the father. And then the Holy Spirit comes and then he makes all of this real in our lives. And so when we talk about new levels of the Holy Spirit, when we talk about greater outpourings, when we, when we believe God that the Holy Spirit is drawing near, because the Holy Spirit can hide himself and the Holy Spirit can reveal himself. 
And the Holy Spirit can be grieved and, and can depart, but also the Holy Spirit can come in power and greater intensity into a person's life or a group of people or even the, holy, even the whole land. The Holy Spirit can transform a whole land. Think about some of the lands that have been transformed within a generation like China. The Holy Spirit transforming. Think about Brazil. And, you know, a generation ago it was, there was nothing and Holy Spirit just descended. And so I want you in these days, I know you know, you see, one of the dangers about being a Pentecostal church or a charismatic is that we assume that we know the Holy Spirit. You know what they say about assume. We assume we know the Holy Spirit. We've read Benny Hinn's book, Good Morning Holy Spirit. We've read Yungi Cho's book, The Holy Spirit, My Senior uh, partner, we've been to some uh, powerful conventions, and uh, we've seen some things. And very quickly, the danger is, is that we think we know the Holy Spirit, and that we've got a handle on Him. We've read a few revival books, and maybe we've seen touches of revivals, and then we sort of get our mind with, ah, this is the way it works. And whether God works in that way or not, there is meant to be a a thrill and an openness and an, and, and an excitement and an expectation that we don't know what the Holy Spirit might do next in our life or our circumstances. And this thrill of trusting our supporter, our friend, because when you go through a time, you go, I don't know what's going on. Everything seems to be going bad. Everything seems to be going wrong. That's when you need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit and know that he is with you and in you. He hasn't forsaken you. Everything you have received from God, all the things that Jesus died for and everything that the Father sent Jesus to die, to die for, all of these things, every single one of these things you have received directly by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 